but I like it anytime that a manufacturer says like, hey, let's do something a little bit different here so we don't have the same exact floor plans that everybody else has. That is actually the one thing that gets me most excited when Airstream comes out with a new floor plan. There's nothing more exciting than that. They could come out with a new paint scheme, new uh, cabinet color, new flooring color, but when you get a new floor plan, it, it, it changes things. And, and that, that's really exciting for me. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, we have back on the show my friend Patrick Botticelli from New Jersey Outdoor Adventures, one of the most amazing YouTube channels out there that gives tours of vans, bus conversions, RVs, teardrops, just about everything. Uh, Patrick is well known in the Airstream community, in the van life community, and in the RV community in general. And he's actually my neighbor. He lives nearby. So we, we love having him on the show. He's come on to talk about Airstream history. He's come on to talk about van life. Uh, he's come on to talk about all the cool things that he does at his channel at New Jersey Outdoor Adventures on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and more. Uh, but on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Hershey RV show because we were both there, uh, but doing very different things there. Um, Patrick was back in the Airstream display. I was selling my books at a table inside the Giant Center. We both also got out, walked around the show, looked around the show, and I asked him to come on and share some of his favorite picks from the show in terms of cool RVs, and then he's going to kind of turn the tables and interview me in the second half of the show, and I'm going to share some of my favorite picks, and I love some of the things that he, I love everything that he chose, actually, and I would have chosen a few of them myself if he hadn't chosen them, uh, so super excited to have back on the show. Patrick Botticelli from New Jersey Outdoor Adventures. But before we dive in and talk about the Hershey RV show, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camco. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals. But their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next great adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two. And it's true. We still use Camco products that we bought 12 years ago when we started RVing. This year, we are stocking up our new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Camco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVATLAS10. Hello, Patrick Botticelli from New Jersey Outdoor Adventures, and welcome back to the RV Atlas, my friend. How are you? I am great. It's good to be back, Jeremy. 
We've had you on three or four times. You've given us lots of cool content, both on Airstreams and vans and all kinds of things. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Hershey RV show because we were both there doing like very different things. Uh, But let's just catch up a little bit first. Like, how was your summer? Did you get to do any cool camping, any any kind of fun adventures during the summer? Not as much as I wanted to. However, I did go to Cape Cod. And it was on a whim, no plans, no reservations, and it was exceptional. A lot of my customers had told me about Cape Cod and all the different things it do, and I was intrigued. I just didn't know what approach to take. I actually used Harvest Host. I'm a Harvest Host member, and uh, I, I booked a, a site in Ma- uh, Massachusetts, right by the Rhode Island border, and I stayed on a farm. It was like a rescue farm. There was cows there, goats, chickens, horses. It was unbelievable. That was my like first stop. Then I actually contacted AutoCamp. And if you're not familiar with what AutoCamp is, it's campgrounds that have a whole bunch of Airstream trailers, roughly about 200 of them, that are made into little hotel rooms. So you're not, it's not an Airstream travel trailer per se. It looks like an Airstream, but it's specially made so it's set up permanently. So people could just show up and stay like a hotel. And that site was great because it was very close to Martha's Vineyard. It's actually a four-mile bike ride from the campground down a rail trail to the ferry to Martha's Vineyard and not too far from Nantucket and about an hour and a half drive to Provincetown. A couple things there. You're you're big into biking too, right? Like that's a major uh, mountain biking and biking of all kinds, really. But that's like a major hobby for you. Cape Cod is perfect for that, right? It is, it, it, and it's it's easier if you do Cape Cod on a bike in certain areas. Like for example, taking the ferry and loading your car onto the ferry costs a little bit more money. There's usually a reservation or a line to get on the ferry. Then once you get there, you're only driving such a small amount before you have to park or find parking or pay for parking. It's more of a hassle. It's easier to go on bike. You pay a a tiny little bit more for the ferry to bring your bike on. And once you get off the ferry, you're on your way. And uh, I biked uh, several miles while I was in Martha's Vineyard. And it's really the way to experience everything, to smell everything, to see all the spots. I didn't even know I was getting myself into and I was riding over on this road and there's a bridge and there's hundreds of kids jumping off this bridge. And I was like, what is this? And well, it was the Jaws bridge. It was the famous bridge from the movie Jaws. That every, It's a thing. People jump off this bridge. So it was cool. Oh my, my- I, if I was driving, I would have just drove right past. Oh, my kids would have been jumping off that bridge. So um, I love Harvest Hosts too. And, and I think most people do that are Harvest Host members. But I'm curious, like, you, you know, you have such a, a background with Airstream. Like, what did you think of AutoCamp in general? And and what did you think of the actual Airstream you stayed in? Because as you mentioned, they it's a it's like a floor planner design, I believe, that they just do for AutoCamp. It is it is kind of set up more permanently like a hotel room. So what did you think of AutoCamp in general? What did you think of the Airstream you stayed in with all of your Airstream experience? Well, the AutoCamp campus is top-notch. Now, it's different than a campground. You don't drive your truck up to your trailer and park and uh, light a campfire with your own camp, uh, your camping goods. 
you, there's a parking lot like a hotel and you walk to your spot. So you don't have to worry about trucks starting up in the middle of the night, waking you up. You don't have to worry about headlights shining into your windows. It's done in such a good way that it's still the campground experience, but not maybe some of the negatives of the campground experience. Everybody has the same trailer. Everybody has the same deck. Everybody has the same fire pit, the same chairs. And when you go inside this trailer, it's 30 feet long. It's got a regular mattress like you'd have in a house. It's not an RV mattress or an RV bed. It has a regular sofa or futon like you would have in a house. And they simplify everything. So, you know, when you buy an RV, there's that crash course of like what you need to know how to do. Well, in an auto camp, it's like going to a hotel room. You want to turn the heat up, you turn the heat up. You want to turn it down, you don't need to figure out how to work a thermostat. So I like that aspect of it. And it had a full-size shower, full-size bathroom. And there they even had accessible sites too. So if you were in a wheelchair, it was easy for that person. Some of the people that might want to enjoy the camping experience that might feel they they can't. Well, they can with the auto camp. I don't even know if I told you, but we stayed at Auto Camp Zion in Utah this summer, which for a bizarre reason, I can't really talk about too much yet. But at some point on the podcast, I'll, I'll share my thoughts. But it was very unique. And a lot of the things you just said uh, resonated with me. And because obviously, like the airstreams out at Auto Camp Zion in Utah are exactly the same. Like I saw your tour or like your your TikTok video of it. And we stayed in the ex- literally the exact same airstream as you. So. Um, so what's new with the channel? Uh, what's new with New Jersey Outdoor Adventures? I mean, this is one of the biggest channels in the the van slash RV space. Period. I, I know you've been working on it so hard for so long. What's 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 new and exciting with New Jersey Outdoor Adventures on YouTube and TikTok and everywhere else? Yeah. So short video is what drives new viewers to the channel. But I still do a lot of long format video. I have a weekly episode. In the summer, I run about two episodes a week. But I've expanded. A lot of people reach out that want to be on the channel. And I film everything here in New Jersey. Sometimes you just can't get together. So I came up with a format or a formula on how people could film their own tours of their own van or RV or something unique and submit it where I could edit it and put an episode together. So that helps the channel grow well. And uh, we have about 350,000 subscribers that are part of the channel now. So I'm always looking to see what my viewers are interested in seeing. So I always have my eye out for something different. So if somebody listening wanted to reach out to you and, and maybe do that, is there an email address just while we're on that topic? Like how, how would somebody reach out to you about that? Yeah, it's just uh, New Jersey Outdoor Adventures at gmail.com or Patrick at New Jersey Outdoor Adventures.com. Uh, they can reach out either way, depending on what's uh, easier for them. And uh, yeah, it, it's great to see what people have or how they modify their RV or what they built from scratch. It's unbelievable what's out there in this world. Uh, well, I'm trying my hardest to get back on the channel. I, I did a tour of my Jayco Eagle with you did a tour of the ember and now i'm sitting in my my grand design imagine just like hoping i get an invite back again at some point either maybe like late fall or early next spring i'd love to give you a tour of this one absolutely you have you have an open invite to the channel 
My viewers love you. They love your passion for the RV lifestyle and how connected you are with your your space. And uh, they love to hear your story. Yeah, I, I, we've really like we're pretty happy with this grand design. Imagine like it's definitely like I'd give it like a B plus, A minus, depending on when you ask me. So overall, we're we're happy. I definitely love to share it on the channel. Uh, let's shift to the Hershey RV show because we were both there and, and basically we're both there every year in very different contexts. We saw each other very briefly this year. Um, you know, you're back at the Airstream display. For, for those who have never been to the Hershey RV show, for somebody listening from across the country, what, what is the Hershey RV show like? How would you describe the Hershey RV show to somebody who's never been and maybe is thinking about making the trek next year? It's a great spot to see almost every RV manufacturer represented in one piece of property. The amount of dealers and manufacturers that attend the America's largest RV show, right? That's what they call it. It is impressive. And the the people that attend the show, a large majority of those people actually go with the intention to buy. They're, it's a buying show. It's not a show and tell show. It's, it's a buying show. So the expectation is pretty high on the dealer level and the manufacturer level to to make those sales. I think that's a good point that it is a pretty hardcore shopping show. Like people seem like intensely focused. And look, I don't know if they sell more RVs at the Hershey show or at the Florida RV Super Show in Tampa, you know, but those are the two biggest shows in the country. And Tampa is more of a carnival-like atmosphere. I could see people going more to hang out. There's live music. There's entertainment. There's more food. Hershey has always seemed more nuts and bolts in that sense. Um, so I get what you're saying there. Now, how um, how did it go for you at Airstream? What was new at Airstream? You know, tell me about what was going on uh, at the Airstream display there. So I think this year Airstream had one of the largest displays they've had and largest presence they had at the Hershey RV show in, in all the years, 10 years I've been doing that show. And uh, the excitement this year was there was three new product launches for the show, which typically there is at least one new product launch for the show. But the buzz and the hype was all about the all new 2024 Airstream Trade Wind. It's a 26 foot two inch long trailer from ball to bumper and it sleeps three to four people with a queen bed in the front there's going to be a twin bed version that comes in january and it's the very first airstream travel trailer that i would consider fully off grid it has enough lithium 820 amp hours total and 600 watts of solar that it could it could run without plugging into shore power it could run the rooftop 15,000 B2 air conditioning for approximately six to eight hours right off the battery system on board. It's got a DC to DC charger. So when you're towing with your tow vehicle, you could rapidly charge those batteries. And if you want to plug it to shore power, it's a 30 amp RV connection. Now it still has propane. So it has a suburban tankless propane water heater on board, a three burner gas coat top, and there's an option for either a gas oven or convection microwave. Uh, the heating system is a 30,000 B2 propane furnace, but it also has electric heat pump built into the air conditioning. And it also has a 6.8 cubic foot, 12 volt refrigerator with freezer on board. 
it is quite impressive. And, and not only is it just cool technology and cool capabilities, it, it's one of the first Airstream traditional travel trailers that has that off-road appearance with the three-inch axle lift and off-road rugged tires. And one really cool thing about this trailer is it is available with the popular option of a rear hatch, a rear opening hatch. So the MSRP of that trailer, fully decked out, fully equipped, comes in right around $151,000. And uh, there was a lot sold at the show, a lot of orders. And so that rear hatch, great, great for outdoor adventurers who have a like a kayak or surfboards or bicycles. Is that is that what you're going for there, that there's that storage for outdoor gear? That's the picture, but the reality is people love it because it's like a rear patio. You sit at your mm-hmm. rear dinette. I'll give you a lay of the land of the floor plan. It's got a front bed, twin or queen. It's got a split bath in the center of the trailer with a shower on one side of the hallway, toilet on the other. The toilet room has a door and there's privacy curtains that go the hallway. has a center galley kitchen and then a, a large L-shaped sectional with dinette. And that dinette is right in the back, right in the rear panoramic window. And when you open that hatch and roll down that insect screen, man, isn't that cool? It's like an extension of your living space. That's the main reason why people buy the hatch. Now, I'm sure that you were, you know, probably talking to people that were seriously shopping this one, if not buying this one. I think that there used to be an idea that this type of trailer equipped in this way was made for the American West and made for BLM land and made for camping on public land. Um, but I think that, you know, people in the East like this as well, right? I mean, so so the, like for something like Harvest Hosts even, or, or state park camping without hookups, what, what were the buyers like or the people interested in it? Are these people that want to go out West and go camp in the middle of nowhere? Or were these just people that just want to go to Harvest Hosts here on the East Coast? I think they want the freedom to be able to do whatever they want, but majority of them are in Airstreams. A lot of the people that bought them already had an Airstream. They're looking for their next one. And they their current Airstream just didn't have that capability. So they want to open up and expand their capabilities So and, and do an overnight in a Cracker Barrel parking lot or a Walmart if they had to in a jam. And still be able to run the air conditioning for a period of time to cool the trailer off to make it more comfortable for them and their family to stay inside. Uh, so many people actually mentioned it's kind of nice if you're traveling with pets and you want to stop somewhere and a place is not pet friendly, you can actually run the air conditioning, keep the trailer cool and you know, step out for a half hour, hour to go do something. So they liked that capability. And I imagine that um, some or all of the outlets were in- inverted on that. So you could plug in your coffee maker no matter where you are and every, use it. Yeah, 3,000 3, watt inverter. Every single outlet in the trailer is inverted. That's the way of the future. I mean, our toy hauler was like that four or five years ago, which was very unusual at the time. And I loved the fact that we could be, we were in the Cabela's parking lot. I was making coffee in the morning, right? Um, so anything else about Airstream or do you want to move on to your next sort of like highlight or these are just like our personal picks for things that inter- interested us? You're going to give a few. I'm going to give a few. Anything else on Airstream or do you want to move on to New Camp? Yeah. Uh, what, one thing I want to mention, uh, they did in- introduce the 19X Airstream Interstate, which is a 19 foot Sprinter 2500 series. It uh, comes in either four wheel drive or all wheel drive, six cylinder, four cylinder engine. 
that one's all electric. That has 12,000 watt hours of lithium, dual alternators, 3,200 watt inverter, over 200 watt, watts of soul on the roof. That is a fully off-grid camper van. Not new technology for the Airstream Touring Coach, but the 19X is the rugged off-road adventure vehicle. That is new, and that was uh, very exciting to see that and talk about that at the Hershey RV show. So moving on to New Camp. You mentioned New Camp. We both were there, and I saw you over there looking at it, so I had to go check it out. The Barefoot. Adorable, that was actually pretty gorgeous. cool. It's like a, a mold, molded fiberglass trailer, small. Uh, I think it was like robin egg blue was the color of it. It was a very efficient floor plan. Had a front dinette that fold down into uh, approximately a double bed, maybe a queen bed. Uh, center galley kitchen that had a rear wet bath in it. I think that one, the MSRP was around $45,000, dollars uh, that was the hype. When you walk into the show, you saw a lot of RVs that all looked the same. And then there was that kind of like as the centerpiece as you turn the corner. So a lot of people must have stopped there. I When I went in that too, when I go, I love tiny trailers. I mean, as our audience, people have been listening to the RV Atlas knows, you know, like I have to buy these bunkhouses because we're a family of five with two dogs now. But my heart is is interested, my heart and soul is interested in tiny trailers, you know. And so when I go to a show like Hershey, like I, or Florida or Tampa, I, I always go to New Camp. I mean, I am always going to check out what New Camp has to offer because I like everything they have to offer. But the barefoot, as you pointed out, stands out even among the New Camp lineup as something quite unique. And when I go into a trailer that small, I'm always thinking about storage. Like where do you put everything? Because an experienced RV owner knows if you don't have storage, you don't have a place to put your clothing, the whole thing's a mess, right? It can be as cute as you want it to be, but it's going to be a mess of all your clothes and stuff. I, I don't know about you, but like, tell me what you think here. I thought the storage was on point and pretty darn good for such a small trailer. Yeah, it is a small trailer and it's made for two people. So I think with two people, it's very easy to manage and figure out where to put your stuff. Uh, I, I think the appeal to is the lightweight. Now, I didn't get the exact weights and measures, but I think it was less than 3,000 pounds, which there's a lot of vehicles that can tow up to 3,500 pounds. So you know that checks off that box for that buyer that necessarily doesn't want a teardrop or a pop-up trailer, but wants something more hard-sided. That would work well for them. Little behind the scenes trivia here. New Camp has a brand ambassador named Mandy Lee, Mandy Lee and Kendrick, but Ma Mandy Lee is a incredible photographer and she did all the photography for the barefoot. And it's a lot of it was in Florida, like on the beach, because it's it's got like a beach vibe to it. It's got like a Margaritaville vibe to it. And she did all of the photography for it and, and she does tons of photography photography for New Camp. She also did the cover of our book, RV Vacations. That's her photo on the cover. So I've also always admired New Camp because they have hmm. good taste in, in who they work with and the photography and the way they market the products. You know, and as you know, you know, Airstream's good at that too, right? At like selling the dream, the beautiful images, the beautiful photography, investing, it, all that stuff. It's the lifestyle. You could take pictures of your RV in a parking lot somewhere or in a field but to like tie in that whole lifestyle appeal, that that's where like Airstream and New Camp, they got it right. And and to be fair, like I think some of these smaller independent companies like like a New Camp, 
have learned a lot from the Airstream playbook, to put it to put it mildly, I think in terms of marketing materials and things like that. Um, you ready to move on to your next pick? Uh, your next uh, pick of interest from the Hershey RV show? So I had uh, a Northern Light truck camper tour on my channel. It's actually my neighbor that lives down the street. We we kind of bumped into each other and uh, realized we lived on the same street. So we did a tour of his truck camper about three years ago. Yeah, everybody loved that video. They loved him and they loved his truck camper. So I was happy to see Northern Light Truck Campers was there at the show. I haven't seen them ever there before. So I had to go check them out because they do build a high quality. I wouldn't say it's over the top luxury. It's kind of middle of the road of the appearance on the inside, which is great because it appeals to a lot of different people. But top notch quality. Their shell construction is unbelievable. So I toured three of those, one with a wet bath, one with a dry bath. Now those you need a one ton dually truck to to haul those things around because they're quite big. But well, I was talking to the rep and they're actually thinking about bringing back a model, which is, has a huge cult following now. It's called a 610, which is made for a six foot bed pickup truck. So uh, maybe it'll be a half ton or three quarter ton pullable. But that, that was like, what I was excited about when I went to that Northern Light display. I, when when you go to an RV show and when I go to an RV show, our brains somewhat go to the same places, like like wanting to look at things that are unique and different and not just sort of like 28-foot travel trailers with bunks from the big three RV companies. Like I, I think we both want to go and find those smaller companies doing something unique. If you hadn't put Northern Light on your list, it was going on my list. I went in all of those too, and I was incredibly impressed. Look, visually, I thought they were beautiful. I even loved uh, the leatherette couches, had some kind of cool and unique color patterns. They looked really well made. Uh, you know, I'm only just eyeballing them here, but they did look really, really well made. Um, if I was to get a truck camper, I would take a good hard look at Northern Light. And I'm guessing your neighbor is a fisherman, maybe? Is that why he has a truck camper here in New Jersey? That was his initial reason why he got one. He wanted to go to Island Beach State Park and sit out and camp and fish. But they uh, actually, they they have done more. They've done a lot more. It kind of opened up a whole new world for them of, of all different possibilities. So he told me last time I seen, actually he stopped by to, Hershey RV show because they were there and stopped by my booth to say hi. Uh, he says they spend approximately a hundred nights a year. In oh my gosh. Yeah. I tra truck campers are great for that here at the Jersey shore. You can take them on the beach at a certain state park that Patrick just mentioned, but also for two people, just a great way to go out and see the country. So I, I loved those too. Now your, your last pick here surprised me a little. Um, I'm not sure where you're going with this one, but what was the, the last uh, highlight you put on your short list here, things that intrigued you at the Hershey RV show? So it's, it's probably the world's cheapest or least expensive travel trailer out there. It's called the Coleman Lantern. I think it was the 17-foot model. And the appealing thing to that is there was approximately... 20 sold stickers on this thing. So they must have sold that and 20 orders. And uh, the price point, $12,999. It is a, a wood-framed 
travel trailer with aluminum siding. It's got a three or four inch mattress. Very, very basic. But you know how many people out there are looking to get into the RV world that don't want to spend twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Here's a brand new trailer that you could buy that comes with a warranty that you could get RV loans on, you could get RV insurance on it, and get your feet wet. See if you love the RV lifestyle or not. And it's towable by some midsize or large SUV. So you don't even have to go out and buy a whole new tow vehicle for this thing in most cases. What's appealing is you look at used ones that are two or three years old, they're still selling for nine, 10, or 11,000. So it's cheap insurance to get out there and get your feet wet. Is it an RV that you'd want to keep for 10 years? Probably not. It's not made, I don't think, for longevity. It's, it's made for a price point. But that, surprisingly, was only about 20 feet away from the barefoot that we, we talked about. So two models that got a lot of attention at the show were very close and very contrasting on the price points. I'm so glad you that you did pick this. Um, as anybody that follows the RV industry closely knows, you know, sales have have dropped quite a bit in the last year and everyone's hoping for a rebound in 2024. And it seems like what a lot of the manufacturers are doing are bringing back entry level stick and what we call stick and tin travel trailers, just as you described. I know Winnebago has a new budget line out. I know Ember has a new budget line out. And, you know, sales were so wild and crazy during the pandemic that everything seemed to shift towards higher price points. And I think the industry lost track of that entry-level trailer for that entry-level consumer because obviously they make the industry, the manufacturers make less money on those. There's not a lot of profit packed into a $12,000 trailer. There's just not. But you're so right that that's how people get hooked into the lifestyle. And that consumer becomes the consumer for the $50,000 fifth wheel, the $140,000 motorhome down the road. So, you know, I really believe the industry needs to make budget price trailers to get people in the marketplace. And pre-pandemic, yeah. those prices weren't crazy, right? $12,000 wasn't crazy before the pandemic. It's now smart. it's... No, it's smart that, that they're doing... Your uh, RV manufacturer's biggest competition is their used models that are out in their marketplace. So you come out with a trailer that's priced what used ones would sell for. You kind of like check off that box in that segment there, that used RV pricing. Why would you buy a three-year-old 17-foot trailer for $12,000 when you could buy a brand new one? Yeah, exactly. So in Smart other words, they're, they're, that, that price point is competing against the, the used units that are out there, et cetera, et cetera. My friend Phil bought his Jayco travel trailer, probably sim very similar in construction to that Coleman Lantern. He bought that four or five years ago, pre-pandemic, for $10,500. Um, and so those price points existed, and I'm, I'm happy to see them come back, and I'm glad you picked that. So anything else, or do we want to move on and we'll, we'll shift, and uh, Patrick will take over and interview me a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we're going to come back in a second, but before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. 
Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides, tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And please, don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. So, Jeremy, at the show, we're not only out there filming our little clips, but you had a table there. You you were actually there as a vendor this year. Tell me a little bit how that went. Well, thank you so much for asking. So this was like a big deal for me, and I was really excited to have my own table. And Stephanie came too when she could to sell our Where Should We Camp Next books. Um, this is something I've wanted to do for a while. And I talked to our publisher about it. And this year, our publisher decided to to make it happen. And they got us a table there. And I brought boxes and boxes of books and kind of like hung out my shingle and sold my books. And um, it went really, really well. And I want to thank like everybody that listens to the RV Atlas that stopped by. Appreciate it so, so much. It was really nice reconnecting with a lot of our our listeners. You know, during the pandemic, there was less of those kind of meet and greets and things like that. Um, so it was really nice to meet the RV Atlas audience and you know have you know signed books for you guys. And I sold out of books by Saturday night. I packed up and went home a day early. I actually went and told the people running the show, like, "Hey, can I have permission to leave? I've got nothing more to sell." Um, so next year I'll bring more books, and um, I'll I'll be back again next year to do it. So it was it was really a fun experience for me to do that. That was a long week, you know, working those shows, as you know, is a long week. And, and most of those, you were inside the Giant Center, which is a sports arena, and you were in the hallway. It just surrounds the whole arena. And I think, like, most of those tables are done on a lotto. So you got to, like, show up and, like, bid for your table to get the best spot. Being that it was your first year, you think you'd had the worst possible spot. I think you had the best spot where your table was. No one could miss you. Yeah, I got lucky. So we we got the last table for sale. We we literally got the last table. But my my thought thinking here is that it must have been that somebody canceled and I that was able to jump in because when you went into the Giant Center and turned right, my table was situated in such a way that like you were walking towards it as opposed to it being tucked against the wall. So I Look, I begged them. I was like, I want that table again next year. It was a good high visibility table. It was easy for everyone to find me. And I had a blast. You know, I had a blast um, selling books, signing books. And like, I didn't get a ton of time actually to run out to the show. I did one day 
before the show started, I ran out and did some videos and I just checked out all the stuff I wanted to check out. But basically I was behind that table for the entire show, except for Sunday when I got to go home early. And you got to see a whole different group of people that came in there. I got to see them on a display, people out there shopping and looking for RVs. Usually people that go inside are either brand new to RVing, they want to see all the different products available, or seasoned RVers to see kind of the new upgrades that are available for their RV. What was the general vibe of the uh, people that went into the building? That's a great question. So like the first two days, uh, and one of those was senior day, right? I don't know if that was Wednesday or Thursday, the discounts for seniors. Um, you're so right. A lot of people that own RVs, now you talked about how it's a shopping show, and I agree with you, but I think a lot of people that own RVs and that are not shopping head right into the giant center because they want to check out all the gear and all the gadgets. They want to buy things for their RVs. So I think that helped me a lot because we had, you know, a lot of RV Atlas podcast listeners came and bought books and had me sign books. But also, you know, there was a couple hundred people I've never seen before or didn't even know who I was until they saw my table. So it was a great way also for me to kind of meet some new people and introduce them to the RV Atlas for sure. So yeah, there was, because down on the floor of the Giant Center, you have like all the gear, the gadgets, RV lock, RV snap pad, go power, you know, all, all of that fun stuff is in there. So I think a lot of people do go to the show just wanting to kind of make a beeline into the Giant Center to go shopping. Not for RVs though. I know a lot of the media and influencers were outside filming the RVs. And like Tuesday, the, before the show opens, that's kind of the day for that. That's what all the media and all the influencers go. Uh, I was there filming on Tuesday uh, as well, some new products that Airstream launched. Uh, did any of them make it up into uh, your area? Well, that was the day where like, I wasn't allowed to set up till four o'clock on that day. I didn't rent my, we did not rent our table for media day because we're there to sell books. Um, so I couldn't set up till four. So I actually dove right in and did videos myself, right? I was there with like a, a media badge and a press badge and I went for go RVing and I filmed 12 reels, which you can watch on the RV Atlas Instagram account or on go RVing's Instagram account. So I was, you know, right there with all the other content creators and people doing videos, uh, you know, rushing around trying to get 12 videos in. And then at four o'clock, slammed on the brakes, went in, set up my table and got ready for, you know, five days of selling books. Yeah. What are the big RV influencers that you saw at the show? Besides, obviously, you, you're, you're, you're a big one and I do my own thing for RV, but this was like the go-to show for RV influencers. Any uh, anybody that stood out? Yeah. So, like Florida, the Florida RV Super Show, the influencers, YouTubers, content creators have always gone to that. I mean, they've been going to that show for ten years. I think it took a while for a lot of of those types of content creators to show up at Hershey, but now they're there. So, like, uh, you know, I got to meet Traveling Robert, who I'm like a fan of. Traveling Robert, he came over, filmed my books, talked to me a little bit. And, you know, he's he's a nice guy, and you know, he's a, a high level, high caliber, big following uh, RV content creator. Um, and so, more of those types of people were there at Hershey this year than I've ever seen before at the show. So now that you know the highlights of my favorite things at the show, anything that stood out for you? Yeah, and. 
I, like I said, I, I was, you went into such awesome detail on those products and, you know, so many of them so well, I sort of rushed around the show. Like I wanted to linger and spend time at certain displays, but I, I was moving quickly, but definitely some highlights. Um, I was really excited at one point I'm sitting there selling my books and I look up and the owner of Sequoia and Salt was there. And Patrick, please tell me his name is Chris, right? Uh, his name is Chris. Yes. Yeah. So Sequoia and Salt is a custom van maker and they operate out of Manasquan, New Jersey. They're one town over from me. And actually Patrick lives nearby too. And he makes beautifully designed custom vans on both the Sprinter chassis and a lot on the Promaster chassis. But I believe it was his first year at the show and he brought his one van and he had a great spot. And his vans are beautiful. Like, I know that you've done some videos of his stuff. Um, I follow him on Instagram. I, I have admired his work for years. I've never seen one of these vans in person. I've seen them on your channel. I've seen them on his Instagram account. So he showed up at my table, said hello, because we both know we live around each other. And then later on, I walked out to his display and, uh, you know, he was crunched in there between two other huge displays. He had to like walk into another display to get to the back door of his van. Um, but he was doing great, man. He had a lot of interest, a lot of people. And they're these custom vans that are very, very much have like a coastal vibe, like a surfer vibe to them in terms of the styles, the light colors, the wood floors. And that was one of my absolute highlights of the show was meeting him and being able to check out one of his vans in person for the first time. Yeah, and a little backstory on that. Uh, so he's a van builder, but he was actually there not selling a particular van, but like showcasing his work so he could book other custom vans. A lot of the other vendors there were RV manufacturers. They build cookie cutter type. This is what you get. These are a few options and colors. He's fully custom. So he was showcasing here. Here's one of my builds, but like, tell me what you want. I'll build it for you which uh, it was kind of new. I never seen that in a show before. Yeah, very cool. He had, and he had the floor plan, I believe, that he calls the Raritan. So he he has a handful of floor plans that are, you know, that he's come up with over the years. But like you said, he also will do something um, totally custom. So I loved seeing his display. Um, in terms of the, you know, the big three, uh, you know, Thor, Forest River, Winnebago, uh, I always go look at some of their stuff too, but I do try to find the quirkier options. So I kind of have like Nobos over the year, which are made by Forest River. It stands for no boundaries. And this time I just decided to run back there and take a closer look at them. And I want to give them a particular shout out because I love their graphics. Now, I don't know a ton about their trailers necessarily, or, or you know, the nuts and bolts of their trailers. They offer very unique outdoorsy graphics packages I can't think of anybody else that has such, a, in terms of the larger manufacturers, because a lot of those RVs look the same, as you pointed out. For instance, they had a floor, they have their Murphy bed floor plans. And when you walk in and you see the Murphy bed folded up, into, so it's a couch or chairs, they have these beautiful maps of the United States on the back. So I just, I liked what they were doing with graphic design. They have mountains on the exterior. They have eagles flying through the sky, stuff like that. So. They make travel trailers from 13 foot to 26 foot. And 
you know, the bones of them are probably somewhat similar to a lot of other things made by Forest River, but I, I like what they're doing with graphic design for sure. And they are uh, quite unique. Uh, but right before the pandemic, I bumped into a, a Nobo owner and I had a chance to tour his. And I think early on that company was more into the rugged overlanding small trailer. Uh, this one, you opened the door and it was just a bed inside, uh, but they've grown. They've grown into a full product line, a full brand with lots of different floor plans. Uh, but there was something special about it when I saw it in 2019, when um, I think they were just starting to really take off and, and be more mainstream, that it was a very different buyer than an RV buyer. So they kind of attracted and, and started a whole new segment, I would say for that price point of a trailer. Uh, before that, you had to go really high end to get something like that. And they were able to get that back then uh, in the fifteen to $17,000 price point. Yeah, and they did have those there too. They did have those like 13, 14 foot um, floor plans, which it sounds funny to even call it a floor plan. Cause like you say, it was like, you open the door and there's a bed, you know, there's no bathroom, there's no shower, there's, there's no sink. Some of them have like pull out outdoor kitchens, but yeah, there are, there are a cool product line. And if you want something with some off grid features without breaking the bank, um, that's good looking, I would definitely take a look at them. Um, I also headed over to grand design since I own a grand design. Now I was kind of curious, you know, what was new or what was debuting. And they did have a new, and I'm a fan of Grand Design travel trailers. I've never been a huge fifth wheel guy. Um, they had a new Grand Design floor plan. It was the Imagine XLS 25 DBE. And it's, it, in some ways, it's similar to like my Imagine 2800BH. It's a, a rear corner, double over double bunks. But I give credit to any manufacturer that just switches up the floor plans a little bit because you know, the tendency is that like every manufacturer has the same five floor plans. Like I'm sitting in my Imagine 2800BH, which I like. I like it a lot. But this every manufacturer makes this floor plan, like literally this exact floor plan. So this is like a newer floor plan. So when you walk in to the left, there are the heated leather recliners. And then right next to it are the double over double bunks. And then across from those leather recliners is a U-shaped dinette. So you have that dynamic where you could be seated looking at somebody, talking to somebody, that more social dynamic for the seating, where like in my travel trailer, the dinette and the chairs are next to each other and you're not facing each other in sort of a communal circle, as it were. Um, and then the fridge is on the slide out too. So it's really just moving the parts around a little bit. But I like it anytime that a manufacturer says like, hey, let's do something a little bit different here so we don't have the same exact floor plans that everybody else has. That is actually the one thing that gets me most excited when Airstream comes out with a new floor plan. There's nothing more exciting than that. They could come out with a new paint scheme, new uh, cabinet color, new flooring color, but when you get a new floor plan, it 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 changes things, and, and that that's really exciting for me. And I always too like I, I when I walk into a trailer now after twelve years of RVing, I, I immediately think like, okay, how would this work for my family? Like I picture myself in it, I picture my family sleeping in it, I picture us uh, eating in it and hanging out. And this was a really pretty solid functional floor plan. My one issue with it was, you know, these two heated recliners literally pushed up right against the bunk beds. So I'm picturing myself reading at night while my sons are asleep, like literally 
a foot away. So I don't know if that would work or not. But besides that, I, re I really like this one. Um, so after Grand Design, I walked over to the A-Liner display. That's a company out of Pennsylvania. Again, it's a smaller, more independent company. It's not one of the big three. I, I have a hard time explaining why, but I love A-Liners. They're those small A-frame travel trailers, kind of like a pop-up, but they're hard-walled and they pop up into sort of a pyramid shape. Um, they would not work for my family of five. They might work really well for like me and Stephanie or for a boy's trip. Uh, but I just think they're really cool. They're small. They're easy to tow. They pack a lot of features in them. There's one called the A-Liner Expedition that has like a hidden shower in the floor where you pull up a door and you can kind of pull up a shower and a shower comes up. So they're they're unique. They're interesting. There's not much else like them. So I, I liked A-Liner as well. Uh, I'm a fan of A-Liner. I like to see engineering, good engineering, right? Because all these panels flip up and slide together. They even have models with dormers built into them, which is just, which is insane. Uh, but uh, I, I just love the fact that they they figured all this out. It's like a little puzzle, and they've been building for quite a long time. They got a big following. They have a big following. They have a good reputation for quality. Um, they're not using all the same generic components that a lot of people are using. They do. I, I think they might even make their own chassis. Like I don't know if I want you to quote me on that. Um, but a lot of that stuff is being built right there. I think it's in Somerset, Pennsylvania. So they're a really cool company if you want sort of something in that very small, very light, towable by many different types of SUVs kind of RV. Um, now, after A-Liner... It's nice to do a factory tour. It, it would. And they're like one of the few that's not in Elkhart, Indiana, right? I mean, you know, they're like five, six hours away from here instead of 10 or 12. I also always root for the companies that are outside of that mainstream bubble in Elkhart, Indiana, too. I like it when a new manufacturer pops up in a different geographical location, like they're like the scrappy underdog to me. Um, now, after that, I went and checked out two RVs that you are quite familiar with. I loved the Airstream Pottery Barn, that 25 RB with twin beds. Like, I, I kind of like Pottery Barn in general. I don't have much of an aesthetic for stuff like that, but I, I do like Pottery Barn and the Airstream Pottery Barn collaboration is super, super beautiful. I'm curious, was that something that you guys were selling a lot of or that had a lot of interest back at the Airstream display? Absolutely. Well, the Pottery Barn up until recently has sort of been like a, a myth because... You just couldn't get your hands on. They were all sold out. Production, 18 months, you had to wait for these orders. They're finally now caught up on production where we, they have them in stock. So people were just thrilled to actually be able to go to the show and see one in person. Before that, you were looking at pictures online or watching my YouTube videos. Uh, good response. Uh, sold a few there at the show. I spent a couple orders. Uh, people wanted something a little bit different than what we're at the show. Twin bed is popular on the airstreams they do make twin and queen bed on a lot of different trailers but the twin bed really opens up the floor plan so you have 80 inch by 34 inch wide twin beds in the back get a little bit more storage too uh because of that the one i was at the show was the queen bed model which i think is awesome as well I love twin beds and I just, you know, in a moment of real candor here, I could see that working for Stephanie and I someday. It opens up the floor plan. You're not crunched into a small RV bed together. 
it's smaller than what you're used to at home. And actually, my next pick is another twin bed model. I I have always, always loved the Winnebago Travato 59K. That's the twin bed floor plan that has the rear bathroom at the back of the coach and it goes across the whole back. And I'll tell you why I love this floor plan so much. I have been in other Winnebago Travatos and it feels like there's barely room to walk around and move. Like they feel almost over-engineered, like there's just too much stuff in them. And I'm a big guy and I feel like I can barely move my shoulders around in them. But when I walk into that floor plan, that 59K Class B with the twin beds, it just feels like a magical use of space, lots of light, lots of windows, comfortable. I feel like I could go on a long road trip in that class B or a lot of class B's. I feel like it's too, con- you know, too, too tight for me personally. What's nice about that floor plan, it's a rear bath. So usually the obstacle when you're building a class B van is where are you going to put the bathroom, where are you going to put the shower? By putting it all the way to the back, it really opens up that floor plan. And at that point, it just makes sense to have twin beds. They do convert into a queen size bed if you wanted to. Here's the only drawback to that floor plan, and I don't think too many people are going to have a problem with this, but it only has two seatbelts. So it sleeps two, so it has two seatbelts, which is fine. Some of the people that buy Class B vans don't always use them just to go camping and just to sleep in them. So Winnebago has the Travato 59G, which still only sleeps two people, but it has seatbelts for four people. So if you're going to take the family to the beach for the day, you have a place for multiple people to sit. Even though you're not intending to sleep in it, it's cool to bring a camper on a day trip because you got all your stuff with you. So uh, that's one of the comments and feedbacks I've heard about models like that. They only have two seatbelts. It's kind of like specific. This is camping. We're only going to use this for camping. You kind of just crushed my soul there, but that's such awesome insight into that floor plan because like if i ever owned a class b for stephanie and i to camp in that would be a major drawback that you can't that like the kids can't jump in or somebody else can't jump in just to go to the beach or go to the grocery store you know so i i had not thought of that for goodness sake so that's that's great let's end with another truck camper so you picked the northern light which i also really really admired I did go back and look at the Palomino truck campers because I love truck campers. And the one that jumped out to me was this Palomino trunk camper that has a rear patio. And I'll put the exact floor plan in the show notes. This is another, this is another huge truck camper. Requires a gigantic truck, I think an eight-foot bed. But I've never seen a truck camper with like a fold-down rear party deck. And to take this on the beach here, like Island Beach State Park, and to fold that deck out, you could fish from that deck, right? And so it impressed me because, like, I just like when the RV industry does something different. I like when they throw something out there and see if it works. Maybe it'll sell, maybe it won't. But, um, you know, like, I don't, like there's only so many variations of what an SUV looks like, right? But RVs sort of have these endless permutations, and I just love that they were trying something new with that, that Palomino truck camper as well. So, Patrick, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. This is great talking shop with you about the Hershey RV show. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the show that you enjoyed? Or if not, just tell us where everyone can follow you on social media. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's funny that you did pick the Palomino because 
that's the one model I was upset that I didn't get to see. Because when you're when you're working the show, you're working 12, 14 hour days. Uh, there's really not enough time to kind of break away and, and look around. And on the Tuesday immediate day, there really wasn't enough time as well because it's not a full day show. And I really wanted to see that. I, I, I thought that was pretty intriguing. I heard about it. So I'm happy that you at least got to experience it. it was, I put that on my radar. Uh, it was buried. It was buried in the back of the Forest River display. And in fact, a ton of cool stuff was buried in the back of the Forest River display. Like you had to walk like a mile to get back to it. And that's where they had like pop-up campers and hybrids and some of the things that I think are really cool, but they don't sell as well. So that's probably part of why you didn't see it because it was buried. Sure. So anyway. And it's, a, it's a big show. It is a big show. Lots of walking, lots of steps. Um, appreciate you coming on. Where can everyone follow you and check out all of the incredible tours you've done over there? I mean, you could you could really feast on all of these great tours that Patrick has done over the years, both of standard RVs, but also many, many custom vans and buses and just the, the whole wide world of, of van life and RV life. Where can we all go online to um, subscribe and watch all your stuff? Yeah, you could definitely start off at the website because that's going to link you to everywhere. It's NewJerseyOutdoorAdventures.com or you could go on YouTube, New Jersey Outdoor Adventures, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I got you covered. Long format videos if you like long tours, short tours if you like quick 60, 90 second tours. Uh, I love RVs. I'm very passionate about the lifestyle and I love to share what I think about certain RVs. And I let my guests tell you what they think about their RV or their camper van they built and a lot of stories to tie into lifestyle because, you know, looking at an RV is one thing, but like understanding how people use it and store things in it is, is really what people come to the channel to watch. Well, and I love too that you are, you know, getting these tours, you're interviewing real owners. So it's not a, a salesperson pointing out, you know, all the things that they think is great about it, which, look, that's useful content, too, when you're shopping, for sure. But, um, you know, all of your videos are are owners that uh, have used these RVs extensively and have their likes and their dislikes, and you let them dive into it. So, yeah, thank you for all that great content. Thank you for coming back on the RV Atlas. Let's get you back on a little bit sooner next time and not wait so long. Always a pleasure to be on. I'll be on anytime you ask, Jeremy. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick.
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.